What community sounds like. Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show. B-Cups. B-Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher-safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny Luce. i'm coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft again this week is the one and only mr chris mckenzie the wells bro from tampa how you doing chris i'm doing good denny how's your night going ah it's going well it's going well i i uh i kind of uh, had a long day at work i i worked through lunch uh straight through and uh if i mean a day went by fast went by so fast i didn't have time to eat uh but that's okay i've got beer to uh keep me keep my my stomach full so this should be a fun and uh laughing hilarious <laughs> uh alcohol filled show yeah and i i started drinking about an hour ago so we're this this bomber is about gone okay okay well good that's good so what hey talk about What's in that bomber that you're drinking? So in this bomber tonight is from, whoops, I'm breaking shit over here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, from Zipline Brewing out of Lincoln, Nebraska. It's their dang IPA. And uh, on the bottle, it says, this American IPA is so dank and tangy, its name was instantly obvious. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good name for it because it's... Um, it's really, it's really a juicy IPA. It was really hazy, um, and it's got a head on it that just really sticks around for a long, long time, and it's oh. just sticking all over the glass. Oh, nice! Um, but it's kind of like that, uh, that citrus, uh, that the citrus pith uh, flavor to it. Um, but then there's some tropical notes in it that just turn out really good. Mm. Yeah, so sounds I'm enjoying. It that. sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So what, what's in your glass this evening? Well, I am drinking something on the opposite uh, side of the style guidelines than what you're drinking. I'm drinking uh, from Big Sky Brewing in Montana. I think that's Montana. I'm pretty sure it's Montana. It's uh, Bobo's Robust Porter. And this is a beer. This is the first time. Well, this is not tonight's not the first time I've had it. But this is the first time I've had this beer since I bought it on Saturday. I, I bought a six-pack. And I, I was looking for something drinkable that I could drink throughout the week. So I grabbed a six pack of this and a six pack of, of course, the Ninkasi Prismatic IPA because I just, you know, can't stop drinking that beer. If I want something drinkable, that thing's drinkable. And I, I, I kind of, a lot of times I don't want to take chances on things if it's a, you know, if it's a brewery that I'm not sure I'm going to like, you know, some new style. And, but Big Sky Brewing, they, 
don't ever let me down. And I think they're a, a brewery that doesn't get a lot of buzz out in the craft, you know, beer world. And I think they put out some great beer. And this one, I'm going to tell you, is fantastic. I started drinking it on Saturday night, and I literally drank like four of these beers before I even realized I was going to finish the six-pack. And I had to stop myself because I didn't want to drink the whole six-pack in one sitting. So I saved a couple for tonight during the show. And this is everything I enjoy in a porter. It's it's dark. It's got a great, um, like, a, what is that, like a cappuccino brown head, uh, nice lacing. Uh, it's got a decent mouthfeel. I mean, some people have reported that it's a little bit light. I don't think this is a light mouthfeel for a porter. I think it's actually just right for the mouthfeel and the body. Flavor is, is really, really good. The only negative thing I have to say about it, and it's not even that negative, but it it did bump it down from a five to a four and a half for me, is it does have a little bit of sweetness in the finish. It doesn't it doesn't uh, end quite as dry. Not that I like a, a super dry porter, but I do tend to like porters that, you know, end in that nice, maybe bitter finish. And this one's a very smooth finish, so it's not a negative, but it's a little bit sweeter, but fantastic porter. It's a robust porter, and I'll tell you what, it's called Bobo's. And, and what's funny is when you look at the, the label on the bottle, it's a chihuahua with these big bug-eyed chihuahua eyes and a little you know curled tail at the end, standing like really strongly on a uh, on a side of a of a cliff or whatever a mountain or a, a plateau uh, looking pretty tough um, how can you turn down a nice bug-eyed chihuahua beer huh well i mean label art gets me to buy beer all the time so. <laughs> <laughs> but but if anything the label art almost turned me off to the beer but hey i'm glad i didn't this is going to be uh, if it's around through the winter, I'm going to be picking up a six-pack of this every couple of weeks and just enjoying uh, a nice, easy-drinking, 5.8% robust porter. So you, you don't get Big Sky in Tampa, do you? No, I wish we did. Because I remember hearing you talk a lot a lot about Big Sky in, in the past episodes. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I see what you mean there. That's a squirrely-looking chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, they're out of Missoula, Montana. Yeah, Montana, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they, they. I mean, I think they're they're mostly known for their brown ale, the Moose Drool. So that's a that I have had. Yeah, that's been around for twenty some years. I mean, this is not a new brewery. This brewery's been around for a long time. I, I'm guessing they're about twenty years old, if I were to guess. And uh, I think Moose Drool's been like their staple flagship beer for many many years. But I, I, I mean, they have a wide variety of stuff from. Like they have a pygmy owl, I don't know what it is, pale ale or something like that. They have the, the winter wolf or some kind of a wolf one for a winter warmer that's really good. Powder hound, I think it's called, now that I think about it. Uh, really good winter warmer. Uh, you know, a number of different styles that, that, that come out, and all of them are really good. So, hey, if you're in the Pacific Northwest and you can get some big sky, hey, go jump on them. Uh, give them a shot. They have sampler packs so you can get a a variety of, of the different styles too if you don't want to just go with one of them but i think you'll really really enjoy it all right 
there is what we're drinking. But before we get too far into the show, we want to make sure we let any of our new listeners know what Tap to Craft is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help our listeners along in their craft beer journey. We want to help you learn about beer, feel comfortable about beer. And that's whether or not you're an experienced beer drinker like Chris and I, or if you're just brand new to craft beer, we know you're going to find something in our show to enjoy. And you are listening to episode 109. We are recording on a different night this week. We're recording on Monday, September 24th, 2018. And in this episode, we will be going in-depth. Well, not too in-depth. We'll be skimming the top, diving a little bit deep into some categories of the 2018 Great American Beer Festival. Yes, it is that time of year again when all these breweries get together to celebrate craft beer and find out who has won best beer in the country. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. And of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great beer conversation along the way because once we start talking about beer, we can't stop talking about beer. Let's move into uh, our truck trek brewing update and uh hey you guys don't hear john right yeah john is taking a little bit of a break he is really busting his butt trying to get this brewery up and going he's brewing 15 barrel batches now and i just want to say that we kind of were wondering what he his first brew was and i had said either a pale ale or cream ale and it was the cream ale was his first beer but guess what the second beer in his 15-barrel system that he's producing is the Pale Ale. So we were we were right on both counts, both the number one and two beers that he'd be producing first on that system, Cream Ale and a Pale Ale. And I invited him to be on the show tonight, but he says, hey, can't be on the show because I'm tending bar until 11 p.m. on Monday Night Football. So it's Chris and I. Which is right here in Tampa tonight, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, I watched a little bit of the game before uh, we got on, and uh looked like a pretty interesting one. It was pretty close, pretty close. It was 6-7 to seven at the time I, I left, but I don't know what it is now. Well, just as long as the Steelers lose, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's our Trek Beer update. Uh, maybe one day John will make it back on the show, uh, or at least write in and tell me what is going on with Trek Brewing so that we can actually get a real update, because now... It's almost the grand opening time, right? Once he starts producing beer on the big system, he said it will be the official grand opening. Well, I hope it's coming soon because I know, like we were talking about on the last last episode, that boy is overdue. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I'm just excited to see that they're still brewing beer, even if it's on the on his uh, one barrel system. Yeah, well, he's still. I I, I saw an update saying that they're full bore. I mean, they're they're not stopping on the one barrel. They're still pumping out a ton of beer on that thing. Plus, they're doing the fifteen barrel. So that's uh, a lot of beer. Yeah, wow. yeah. So I'm hoping that they're going to see, you know, they'll get the, you know, the regular four beers on there, and then maybe they'll even jump up to six, six to eight beers of their own. That'd be fantastic. And they only have a couple guest taps. And for the, I was going to say for the people that that didn't know, a barrel of beer is fifteen and a half gallons. So uh, no, no, thirty three. Is it 33? Yeah. 33 sure? gallons. Yeah. It is 33. Yeah. Yeah. Pony keg oh, is 15 and a half. Oh, that's right. That's where I, I can't even read that right. 
Uh, yep. Uh, 30, 31, as a matter of fact. Okay, 30-something. But still, that's a lot of beer. Yeah. yeah. I could drink it. I could do it. <laughs> i tell you what, you give that a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chris, um, as far as I understand, neither of us had any fun beer-related activities since our last show. So, why don't we go ahead and jump into our noteworthy beers? And why don't you kick us off with some of the noteworthy beers that you had since our last recording? All right, so my first noteworthy beer is going to be from Modern Times Brewing. It's going to be their barrel-aged devil's teeth mm. with strawberry and vanilla. Uh, gave nice. This one a four-and-a-half cap, and I'm not going to mention where this beer came from because <laughs> I'm sure you have a general idea where it came from. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I had this one noted as uh, super boozy. Um, when I When I actually logged this one, um, I believe this beer was like a 16% beer, just something ridiculous that I actually shared with a friend of mine. Um, but even part of the way through it, we were starting to feel a little on the tipsy side. So the notes that I have were just super boozy, chocolate, strawberry, <laughs> and vanilla flavors. Perfect. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Big beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had uh, some of the Devil's Teeth uh, variants before, and you're absolutely correct. They come across big time boozy for sure. But, but it, was, good. Wait, it, it was really, it was really a good beer. Um, it, it definitely didn't taste like um, a beer that was as high ABV as that was. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. And that was, I don't know if I said that it was four and a half caps. I gave that one on untapped. Um, then we're going to go to the complete opposite side of the country um, and a complete opposite end of the beer style spectrum and go with haze from mm. Treehouse Brewing. Um, that one got a 4.25 caps. You know, that quarter oh. cap always matters. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, and that one was a double IPA. Uh, it had some uh, peach, orange, uh, citrus flavors to it, and just like most of Treehouse's stuff, uh, very hazy, very juicy. And nice. then um, on my last one, it's going to be from <laughs> right down the street at Angry Chair. Um, they're insulin resistance. Oh, yeah. Now, I can imagine. I know, a, I know a handful <laughs> of our listeners have been able to get a hold of some angry chair stuff. And, you know, most of their joke is that their beers are going to give you diabetes. Um, <laughs> this one got four and a half caps for me, and it was a, uh, a coffee, chocolate, marshmallow, caramel, uh, imperial stout. Oh, my gosh. And once I got a crowler of this, and once again... I shared this with a friend because I don't. There would have been no way in no hell way. I was going to drink this all by myself. Thirty-two ounces of that is way too much. And this, this too, was a very big beer. Um, yeah, thirty-two ounces, uh, sixteen ounces of that was way too much. Yeah, <laughs> um, I could have split that with three or four people, um, but it, it was still really good. Um, just had it after after dinner, just kind of hanging out with uh, with some friends, and just really enjoyed it. Um, but again, I'm not going to be drinking one of those alone. And I was actually at Angry Chair today. Uh, they still have it on tap. Um, and the same friend that I shared this with, um, they got another crowler of it. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'm going to help or I mean, I, I'll do it. Just keep have to. 911 on speed dial for him. I, I'm just going to keep some <laughs> uh, some insulin just a little <laughs> off to the side there just to be sure. But yeah, it's, it's good. Lots of good flavors in that beer. And. Those guys, they do stouts really well. We also got to try their uh, 
fruit punch Berliner today, which just went on tap, and that was that was really good too. Oh, nice, nice. So they do more than just the big heavy stouts. They actually do a variety of styles. They do very very well. Um, so I was with Megan, uh, our friend Tina, and then myself, and I had their 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 Oktoberfest, which is really good. Mm. It's very solid. Um, Megan and Tina both had the fruit punch Berliner and then their passion fruit Berliner. And then most of their really just spot on really good. Um, and then of course their stouts, you know, that's what everybody knows about angry chairs. They're, they're big adjunct stouts and barrel age this and that kind of thing. And they, they do a phenomenal job even with all their styles. So, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I've only had one of their beers and the one beer I had was incredible, but, it was in a Russian Imperial Stout with a lot of uh, sweetness to it, and I I I drank that full twenty five ounce bottle. Uh, I had friends help. I think we had we had a bottle share, and I think I shared it with with three other friends. So we had smaller doses of it. But yeah, you're right. There's no way I would be able to drink a twenty five ounce bottle by myself without well, dying. I remember we had that um, their barrel aged barley wine when we were in Vegas too. Oh, did we? What, what was the name of that one? Mm, Dave's know? Barley Wine. Oh, yeah. That was great. You're right. That was that was fantastic, too. And I do believe that they had just put some of that in a barrel a couple, about six months ago. So I'm hoping that's going to show up again because I really, really liked that one. Ah, nice. Nice. All right. Enough of me talking. Denny, what did you have since the last time we, uh, since the last time we recorded? Well, I will tell you I had a lot of different varieties of beer. But I'm not going to talk about a variety of beer this time. I'm pretty much one-sided. I'm talking about New England-style IPAs on this nice. noteworthy session. So um, I will just, before I get into the, the New England IPA, you know, hot hotness, uh, I just want to say that if I wasn't drinking this porter, robust porter tonight on the show and already talked about it, this would be one of my noteworthy beers. So... If you get, didn't already pick up on it, this is a fantastic porter, Bobo's Robust Porter from Big Sky Brewing. Go out and get it if you can. All right, now to get on to my real new and noteworthy. I'm going to start off with Revision Brewing. And I've talked a ton about Revision because this is the closest like brewery that does the best New England IPAs that I can get my hands on. And I get two... We, you know, we usually get about two different varieties per month uh, in the Boise area. And the first one I'm going to talk about is called Hap, uh, Haps, Hops in a Can. <laughs> <laughs> Hops in a Can. And this isn't your normal, you know, New England style IPA. This is a New England triple IPA. This sucker was like 10 something percent alcohol. Um, but you know what? It was super, super smooth, big, juicy, citrusy, juicy hop flavors. Really, really nice triple IPA. Uh, and the can art was very uh, nice, too. You know, it was playing off the whole hops in a can. Uh, it was kind of cool. I like that one. And not to, not to stop at that one, I also want to mention, oh, I gave that one a 4.75 cap rating. Pretty decent cap rating on untapped. The next one is, again, Revision Brewing. I drank a number of Revision Brewing beers last the last couple weeks. 
Uh, this one is their Battle of the Lords New England Double IPA. Yes, I go from triple to double. I'm not, it's, it's just crazy. This one I gave a four and a half cap rating. Big, giant, tropical, juicy pineapple flavor. Fantastic body. Great beer. 16 ounce can of, of super delight. Yummy New England Double IPA. Uh, I, I've said it before. If you can get revision, go grab revision. They're, they're really good beer. All right. Now I'm going to jump over to Rogue Ales. And this is a, when I bought this one, it said New England IPA. Okay. Well, I didn't read close enough. It had this, it's a 22 ounce bottle. It's got the, you know, you know how Rogue, Rogue always does this nice silk screen bottle. It had a nice print on there of a wombat doing like a karate chop. It's called the Combat Wombat. Hey, how could you not pick up a bottle that has a wombat doing a karate kick, chopping, chopping down some oranges and some, uh, grapefruits and stuff in midair? Ah, I went with it. I didn't read the label at all, except I just knew it was, I saw New England IPA. I pour it into a glass. I take my first sip and oh my gosh, my mind was blown and shocked because it was not only a New England IPA, it was a New England sour IPA. And that sourness really, I had a, I had a wombat combat kick to the head, uh, with that sourness. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, um, this beer probably the best sour IPA I've ever had. Uh, I'm not a big fan of sour IPAs. A lot of breweries try them, and they just don't work in my. For me, they just don't work for me. I just don't like them. This one works. Uh, it's got that very powerful tartness up front, sour, you know, sourness, tartness, but it finishes very smooth. That tartness wears off very fast. You get some great blood orange and grapefruit, you know hop juicy character out of this beer it finishes very very nice i really really enjoy this ipa uh, i i gave it a four four cap rating for a sour ipa that is really good for me because i've i don't think i've given another sour ipa higher than like two and a half in the past so that's pretty good have yeah, you had the something. have you had the co combat wombat mr mckenzie no, but uh i looked at the um <laughs> the the label you were talking about mm -hmm. and that's uh i like that it's special right it's, it's kind of yeah. cool I, I was actually getting ready to put it up on our facebook page just for the fun of it and, <laughs> sure uh, because yeah. i again label art just gets me I, I don't know it catches my eye something is just fun and cool it's just, i mean come on a wombat yeah I mean, nobody talks about wombats yeah yeah wombat comp, combat wombat i i liked it i liked it all right hey i have one other one I just want to mention, and again, this is not going to help you unless you're around the area to be able to pick up this beer. But I had, uh, you know, I, I've talked about Roadhouse Brewing. They they just started distributing into the Idaho area a couple months ago. They're out of uh, I think Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or somewhere around that area in Wyoming. And I ha I've really enjoyed their beers. I've had a number of their their beers, and I really enjoyed them. Well, they have a New England style IPA now, a regular IPA, a single IPA. They had uh, they had it. Uh, it's called Mountain Jam, 
New England IPA. I had that one a while ago, and it was okay, nothing special. But they have a Volume 2, and the Volume 2 is the one I'm talking about right now. A 16-ounce can of a New England-style IPA for $2 is a steal. Now, is this the best New England IPA I've ever had? No. But does it have great, juicy, does it have all the characteristics that I really appreciate in a New England IPA? It sure does. Just add a little bit less of that flavor uh, explosion, right? A lot of those New England IPAs have that, that you know, big flavor, you know, it's just exploding flavor and juiciness. This has the juicy character of the, of the uh, you know, the tropical citrus hop character. Also some mango fruit in there. Um, it's really good, but it's just a little bit more subtle and not so big in your face. But for $2, for 16 ounces, this is a beer that you can't, you know, if you want to go on a cheap for a good New England style IPA, uh, this beer is it. This is the one that I would love to, to grab a bunch of. Now, I went back to the store this weekend to go grab a, another six pack of it, but guess what? There's none left because I think everyone got the, you know, everyone found out that this beer is actually really good for the price and they bought it all up and now I'm left drinking expensive you know, New England IPA. $3 a can beer, yeah. Well, four, $4. <laughs> so Revision <laughs> Revision Brewing is $4 for a 16-ounce. It's twice the price of this. Now, they're good, right? They're it's. I mean, they sell them in four packs, and so it's $12 for a four-pack. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, but I'll tell you what. Revision doesn't let me down. They're really good, but I just don't like to spend, you know, $12 for four cans if I don't have to, right? I'd rather, you know have one or two cans of those special ones and then go with my bulk six pack of a, of a nice prismatic prismatic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just want to mention that roadhouse brewings mountain jam volume two is a great deal for $2 a can. And now what did I rate it? I rated it a 3.75. Again, I rate by style and I rated this one by the new England IPA style and like I mentioned, it's not the best one I've had, but value for money, it is a good value. There we go. Okay. Anything else, Chris? Any comments? Mm, um, I know we talked, we didn't really talk about uh, any beer related activities because you and I didn't have any mm -hmm. uh, since we last recorded, but uh, the dates for Hunapu Day have Ooh. been released. Oh, wow. Uh, Are you going this year? Next year? I don't, I don't know. It's going to be on March 9th of 2019, which is normally the last Saturday of Tampa Bay Beer Week. So if uh, anybody's planning on going, there's your dates. It's March 9th. People aren't aware of Hunapu Day. It's a, a very, very big beer festival here in the Tampa Bay area where breweries from all over the world come and visit. Um, and you can also get a hold of Cigar City's uh, Hunapu Imperial Stout. Now, uh, the Hunapu Imperial Stout, you can actually just get a hold of. Uh, you can <laughs> probably find somebody just to buy it from for, you know, 35 bucks a bottle oh, yeah. and it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the, uh, the event itself is a lot of fun and uh, you get to try a lot of things that you might not be able to see. I always consider it Tampa's version of the great American beer festival, which we're going to be talking about this evening. So, um, just wanted to kind of bring that up cause I think we'll probably go cause I know we sold our tickets last year yeah. and then realized we could go. And then we're kind of 
bummed about it, but uh, yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be able to come this year, Chris, because um, the wife is already, um, you know, we're saving for our 30th anniversary uh, trip. Um, so to Tampa. Well, I would, I would choose Tampa. <laughs> she's, she's chosen for us. We're going to Scotland and Ireland uh, for our, for our trip. So, um, yeah, we'll have to make it another, another time. That's, that's all right. That's that's a good choice, Sarah. I, that's that's a pretty awesome trip. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, I'll make it there eventually. I will. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make right. it. All right. Well, yeah. Come. I, I do want to go to Hunapu Day. I want to go to Tampa Beer Week. I want to come visit my buddy Chris in Tampa. He can take me to all those great breweries. Uh, just maybe you know who knows. Maybe something will happen where I'll just come into a large sum of money. And I can just go do everything I want to do next year. So it's always possible. But... Hey, fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some feedback from our listeners. And before we get into the feedback, let's go ahead and talk about our Twitter poll that we had on the last uh, episode and last week. It was just to remind everyone what the Twitter poll was. It was fall is upon us. Do you prefer Oktoberfest Martzen or pumpkin beers? And we had another great showing on this vote. We had 33 votes. That's good. I like having 33 votes. That's a lot of people that, that chimed in on the choice of whether they liked uh, Oktoberfest Martin beers or pumpkin beers during this, during this uh, season. So coming in at, at last place, now it's only two, it's, I'll say second place. Coming in second place with six votes is the old pumpkin beers six votes yeah not a bit not a great showing for the pumpkin beer fall pumpkin beers but we did I feel like yeah i was gonna say i feel like pumpkin beers used to be you know just two or three years ago were just so extremely oh, yeah. popular i mean everybody went out of their way to get pumpkin beers now they're like the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of the beer world <laughs> they're, they're definitely not as powerful or as many as there were just three years ago there was a ton and I think it was a craze and everyone was enjoying it. And then it got kind of like overdone. And then people just got kind of tired of it, I think. Uh, now, Sarah, she still loves her pumpkin beers. And uh, I, we've drank a few pumpkin beers this season already. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, there was a pumpkin beer I just drank during the last couple of weeks from Elysian called Something Knife. Uh, I can't remember exactly the pumpkin knife or something like that. Uh, it's a pumpkin Swartz beer, which... It was a 22 ounce bottle, and if it wasn't be if it wasn't because it was a Swartz beer, um, I wouldn't have probably drank the whole thing. But we we got the bottle, and Sarah's she took a you know she took a glass of it, and she says, "No, no, no, I don't like this." I'm like, "Why, honey? It tastes great." No, 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 not enough spice flavor. And she gave me her glass and made me drink the whole 22 ounce bottle myself. Now, luckily, the base beer was good. Now, I was going to say, that's the thing is a lot of people picture pumpkin beers and they're, they're getting like pumpkin pie spice like that, yeah. that, uh, that nutmeg, nutmeg and the mace and the, um, All you know, cinnamon, things yeah, like cinnamon, that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> pumpkin, pumpkin doesn't really taste like much. <laughs> um, and I just remember three or four years ago there, the pumpkin beers came out like an epidemic. And they were just sitting on the shelves by February, March mm -hmm. of the following year. Yeah. And uh, I, that, I believe that was the downfall. Now, yeah. there's, 
still a couple of them that come out that I will drink and I have my, you know, have one and we'll call it a day. And again, that company that we, uh, you and I both get beer from mm-hmm. in the mail, um, had a couple pop up and I, you know, I just decided to try them cause I know Megan, she likes them as well. So we'll, we'll give them a, give them a shot, uh, because I mean, Megan's favorite season is fall. Yeah. So, so we're going to uh, see what comes in, in the, in the mail here in a couple of weeks and, uh, give, give those a try as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I don't mind them in small doses. I just don't want to drink 22 ounces of it, you know? No. no. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so the October fest, March and beers did get 27 of those 33 votes. So it definitely came out as the champion. Now we had a lot of comments on this. So we're going to go through and read some of the comments. Uh, Devious Mr. Matt at Devious Mr. Matt from our, uh, you know, from the the uh, Bad Fodder Figures podcast and a good friend of mine. He commented with Oktoberfest all the way. Way to go, Matt, mm-hmm. with the Oktoberfest. Yeah, I'm with him on that one. And then we had Ben at uh, Shah Near or SHA Near commented with option number three, skip directly to the early released winter <laughs> warmers. That's that's a man after your own heart. There, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ben knows me well. He knows me well. <laughs> then we had Mr. Skinny Matt at Skinny Matt K. He commented with my father-in-law keeps getting me the pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin anything. I can't even stand pumpkin pie. Blah, with a sick face. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Matt? I'm right with you. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like anything pumpkin. But I do appreciate trying pumpkin beers. But you're right. I don't – we already mentioned it. I don't want to drink a six-pack or a 22-ounce bom- you know, bomber of it. I want to drink, uh, you know, four or five ounces of a beer just to, you know, see if one strikes my fancy. And there are some that do – that I do enjoy. You know, especially the ones that, that the base beer comes out strong and the, the pumpkin spice is just, uh, you know, an added uh, character to it. It's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I understand for sure. And Matt brought up uh, pumpkin. I think a little bit different this year with pumpkin is that uh, Southern Tier has now released, I think there's three three or four different types of pumpkin this year. Oh. Um, they always have they always have their regular one, so just the pumpkin. Um, they have one called the Warlock. Oh yeah, the warlock. Is, yeah, um, which I, I've actually always liked better than the pumpkin. Yeah, me too. Uh, if I'm if I'm going into those, um, then there was a coffee pumpkin, a rum barrel age pumpkin, oh. and I want to say there was one more, and I can't remember what it is. But uh, I just something I think something popped up in my Facebook feed or something. It was just a kind of a little advertisement about the different types of variants that they're going to have for that beer this year. So. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to uh, – I'll, I'll get the Warlock for sure. I do like the Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I might even try some of those variants with that that rum that rum pumpkin one sounds pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can't get a hold of here. Uh, we actually always get the Warlock. Um, just, and I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's a 10% beer. Yeah. It's really easy to drink. <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> We'll definitely give those a shot if we can get them. And they've also been putting them out too. They haven't been putting them out in the twenty-two ounce bottles. Yeah, the, the uh, they've been putting ounce. them out in the twelve ounce four packs, which yeah. has been kind of nice. Yeah. All right, and then we had uh, Andy at the 
N informant. He said, I enjoy some of them, but I've learned not to buy a case. Yeah. But pumpkin pie, <laughs> on the other hand, is always delicious. My mother-in-law makes a great pumpkin bread. Andy, I think I'm coming to your house, man. That's, or, or, or to your mother-in-law's house. It's all that pumpkin bread. Uh, yeah, I like I liked that he says uh, that he's learned not to buy a case. I wonder if he was from uh, Pennsylvania where they, before they changed the laws and they made everyone buy a case of, of beer when you oh, buy yeah. something. <laughs> when I lived in Pittsburgh, that was what it was. I wasn't old enough to drink when I lived in Pittsburgh, but that's, you know, that was annoying <laughs> even when I was allegedly obtaining alcohol underage. Yeah, yeah. And we had Mike Mahoney at captain mike m from again the bad father figures podcast he commented i stock up on summer beers sours and sours as pumpkin is the work of the devil wow wow <laughs> mike does not like pumpkin at all yeah mike how do you really feel about it <laughs> all right then we had rob at super lobster 06 he said pumpkin is fun here and there but i'll drink oktoberfest salt through the fall all right. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oktoberfest is a beer that, you you know, it, you don't, I don't necessarily get tired of it, right? It, it doesn't wear mm -hmm. on you too much. And there's enough variety in different breweries producing Oktoberfest that tastes a little bit different that it's kind of fun to try how different breweries, you know, see the style. So it's, it is nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the end of the comments. But we do have another Twitter poll up and running. It's already got a number of, a number of votes in just uh, one day of being uh, on the air on the Twitters. And the current poll is running through Sunday, September 30th. And it's, uh, here's what it is. I, I forgot to add, besides adding the third option that Ben mentioned about just going straight to winter warmers, there is another style, not really a style style, but another um, sub, I don't know what to call it, but when you have wet hop beers, it's wet hop beer season or fresh hop beer season. Because they're released also in fall. And I forgot to add that into the mix of options. So I decided to do a Twitter poll just about fresh hop beers. And it is, we forgot a fall style in our last poll, fresh hop beer. So which style of fresh hop beer do you prefer? Do you prefer Pilsner, Blonde Ale, Pale Ale, or IPA, Double IPAs? And these are, I mean, there's... Fresh hop beers of all kinds of styles, but I think these four are pretty much the the ones that I see the most when I go to fresh hop beer festivals. Is is one of these four styles? I, I mean, have you had any other styles that are prominent that you've had, or have you do you even get fresh hop beers in Tampa? Uh, and I mean, I'm sure we're going to. Uh, I don't really recall any of the previous years, but I know in Ohio we used to get them a lot. Yeah. Um, and I was I was literally just looking at the the poll right now, and then I mean, there's a there's a clear winner in this one. Well, it's it, yeah, but it can change fast because it yes. changed okay. from what the winner is now to what the winner was just a few votes ago. It was it was a little bit different. So don't give up. There's still a chance to get that uh, blonde L at number one. I was gonna say, come on, Pilsner, you can do it. <laughs> and Pilsner, yeah, Pilsner's got a couple <laughs> votes. <laughs> Uh, it's good. I, All right. I just voted myself. So okay, good. Good. We just bumped that number up again. So, yeah, get out there and vote. You got till next Sunday. All right. So, we actually got an email from our friend Tom Joseph. And uh, in the email, he writes, Recording tonight? I just wanted to say thanks for the shout out last episode. 
And yes, hockey season is right around the corner. 13 days for us here in Tampa. So who's counting? <laughs> um, and yes, my Capitals are still Stanley Cup champions. Must be because of the show. So in the first round, the Capitals beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's where John lives. <laughs> in the second round, they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Good riddance, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin and Amanda. Third round, they took us out. They took out the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in the Stanley Cup, they beat Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights. That's where you and Denny, you and I hung out. Uh, what was that? It's almost that's been two over years, a year ago now. Yeah, two years, a year ago. Well, we'll be back in April again. So, <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, they they won the Stanley Cup against Las Vegas. So he says, "See, it's all thanks to the show." Yeah, yeah. Who who would have who would have known that Tap to Craft played such a pivotal part in the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup last year. Let's not get all carried away. I mean, it's just the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Don't don't talk about the Capitals bitter or anything, but we don't need to hear about them. Well, I, I thought it was a great email, so I, I just wanted I to thank, thank Tom for putting it all together. Yeah, Tom, that's, that's good, man. Even, even though we've got some rivalries going on with our sports teams, we're going to take you out this year. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, those were some great comments and great uh, feedback and if you if the listener want to go ahead and join the rest of our listeners who chimed in and gave their feedback uh, you can do that very easily you can do it like tom did through email at tap to craft at gmail.com or on twitter like all of our twitter people did on from the twitter poll just follow us at tap to craft and of course i know that chris would love to hear you on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tap the craft. And I also get on there and comment too. It's not just Chris, but Chris is the, the main guy that lives and breathes Facebook tap the craft page for sure. And of course, don't forget, we do have a voicemail line. You can call the show at 208-536-3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. Just go ahead and leave your feedback, and you can be on the show and uh, be part of the show. Yeah, that's great. We need more more, more voicemail for sure. What I would just recommend is just go ahead and put that phone number in your contacts yeah. as Tap the Craft. I mean, I mean, if you're a true fan and true listener of the show, I mean, you would already have that done. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So. All right, and we also just want to take a moment to thank OpenForumRadio.com for, or actually, we just want to take a moment for thanking Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show and providing the hosting space at OpenForumRadio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, then we know you'll find some other great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss the 2018 Great American Beer Festival. And yeah, yeah, we know we had uh, one listener, uh, Mr. Mike Allen, 
he and his wife were down there. Uh, you know, he he went over there. Actually, I I won't say down because they're from Reno, so I think it's kind of more of like straight across east east of where they're at. But they they visited, and I can't wait to hear uh, some feedback from Mike about what he enjoyed and the experience overall of going to the Great American Beer Festival. Now, one well, day, I don't know if you, I'll go. Yeah, one day we're gonna make it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if you saw the um, uh, Andrew from the Secret Hopper mm-hmm. uh, chimed in. I posted on the on the Facebook page the other day. Uh, he was there as well. So yeah, yeah, I did. I did see that that he uh, he posted. Uh, in the comment that uh, that he was actually there, but yeah, yeah, one day, one day we'll go. Maybe we'll go as a as a whole team. You, me, and John will all go together because John will probably be you know having a booth, and we can go help him work his booth. Uh, I would. Yeah. yeah, John. I just want to tell you now, I will pour beer for free for you at GABF. <laughs> I'll pay for my own plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep us in mind. Hey. Uh, We'll do it for you. We'll sacrifice. We'll sacrifice. All right. So let's just go ahead and go into a little details about the Great American Beer Festival. And this weekend, it just got just com- completed this weekend, and it marks the 37th anniversary of the festival itself and the 32nd edition of the competition where they actually go in and compete for the best beer in the country. Uh, there were 306 medals awarded to 280 breweries across the United States. Now, let's just go over a little bit of uh, Great American Beer Festival statistics. This is of the, the festival itself, not the competition. Uh, there was over 800 breweries in the expanded festival hall. So 800 breweries showed up to this festival. That's pretty impressive. There were 4,000-plus beers served. There were 62,000 attendees. 62,000. That is a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, now I'm kind of scared to go because I don't want to be, you know, caught in the crowd. That's a lot of people to know. But you're going to have to drink a lot first to get over that because I'm not a really big fan of crowds, but yeah. it's, uh, I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll sacrifice again, do it for the beer. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm all for, uh, for going and experiencing the festival, but I think I'm going to have more fun at the after parties, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's also, I believe, uh, isn't it in Denver or Boulder or one of the one of the major cities? I believe it's their beer week also. Oh, really? It's going on around. Oh. I, I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and then it's also um, each day represents two sessions. So if you look into tickets for it, and this is what I remember. Uh, if you buy a ticket for a session, it's like... Um, early afternoon so maybe like noon to four okay and then and then the next session will be like four thirty or five o'clock to like eight or nine. Oh wow so those sixty two thousand people uh let's say it was four days total that could have been really eight different sessions so you're splitting that up over sixty two thousand people over eight different sessions it's still a lot of people (laughs) yeah and you you can buy i mean i think you can buy tickets to the whole thing one specific session um maybe multiple sessions so uh, but again that's that's a lot of people yeah yeah well it's okay because um we'll talk about how big this thing was here in a second but there was four thousand and eighty six volunteers that both worked the festival and the competition so that's a lot of volunteers four thousand and 86. And how much space did this festival take up? 
584,000 square feet. Wow, that is a lot of space. Big place. <laughs> like an acre of ground is forty thousand square feet. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's huge. And I guess you're gonna get your exercise in. And that's a. And I'll just imagine walking that space uh, in four hour session time. You're gonna walk really fast to get to all those breweries and drink all I, that I beer. I just feel like there's just gonna be a mess there. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Well, you know, John Guys, mentioned. If you've ever- I was going to say, did, was it him who mentioned that there was just people who uh, just get really, really um, overserved um, and then just have issues with uh, getting sick and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. He actually walked through a pile of uh, puke. And uh, he mentioned in previous, uh, like a few years ago, he mentioned about some of the the people that were getting sick uh, from just not not pacing themselves, not drinking enough water, not having enough food. Uh, and just putting all that beer, uh, you know, in their system, getting a little crazy. So you gotta, be, you gotta make sure you pace yourself well, for sure. All right. So Chris, why don't you now go into some statistics on the actual competition of the beer competition part? All right. So some competition statistics for GABF. There were eight thousand four hundred ninety-six entries into the Great American Beer Festival this year. So there was. Uh, total of 2,404 breweries in the competition from 49 states plus Washington, D.C., but nobody entered from Mississippi. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> any, any idea why? I mean, uh, the, I, I mean they, they used to have one of the rest, uh, restrictive, like, you know, one of the states that were very restrictive on alcohol content in their beer, but I believe that got re- – got uh, rescinded uh, last year. So I don't, I mean, I'm not sure why they wouldn't. That's that's a good question for someone from Mississippi. All right. Anybody in Mississippi, why didn't any of your breweries enter the GABF this year? Uh, or if you know, let us know on uh, Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there were 293 judges from 13 different countries. And the average number of competition beers entered in each category were 83. So, yeah, that's, a, that's some stiff competition. So no matter which category you're entering, the average number of, category, average number of entries in the category was 83. So um, the category with the highest number of entries was the Juicy or Hazy IPA with 391 Yeah, that's a lot. Entries. Wow. Um, and then 280 medal-winning breweries, 306 total medals awarded. There were 537 first-time GABF entrants and 31 first-time GABF winners. Wow! So that's uh, that's that's a lot. That's so many people attended that. <laughs> um, and so there were gold, silver, and bronze medals were handed out to the best beers in 102 different categories, covering 106 different beer styles, and that includes any uh, subcategories in those beer styles as well. Yeah, yeah, that's some uh, some good numbers. We always like to cover the numbers when we do our, our uh, coverage of the Great American Beer Festival because these numbers keep getting bigger and bigger every year. I, if I was smart, I would put a comparison on how these numbers change from last year, but because... I didn't go through that hassle of going and doing that. Then next year, I'll make a mental note that I will 
put in the uh, in the amount of increase uh, that year from this year. All right, so let's go in and look at just the you know because Chris just mentioned that there was there's 102 categories. Well, we we can't go into all those categories, but let's just look at the most entered style categories and in its Great American Beer Festival competition debut, the Juicy or Hazy India Pale Ale style category was the most entered with 391. And since 2002, the most entered category has been American style IPA. And that only saw 311 entries this year. So the Juicy or Hazy IPA had 80 more entries than the IPA. Uh, which normally leads the competition. So everyone's enjoying these juicier, hazy IPAs for sure. All right. Now the winners of the top five most entered categories were category 63, the juicier, hazy IPA. Uh, gold went to Alarmist Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois, the Le Juche. Okay. I never heard of the Alarmist. Have you heard, heard of the Alarmist before, Chris? No, I have not. Okay, well, now we have. They obviously must make some pretty damn good hazy IPAs. Uh, the silver goes to Crow... What is that? Crow's Strain Brewing out of La Vista, Nebraska. Wow, Nebraska makes beer? Now now that's I guess they do. That's what I was drinking tonight. Oh, yeah, you're right. My you... beer was from Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. And it was a hazy IPA. Okay, you know, so they know how to strain, make hazy but... IPAs. This one's called the Fairy Nectar London Double Dry Hopped. Wow, that's a mouthful. And the bronze medal goes to, um, I'm going to say, Eris Brewing and Cider House out of Chicago, Illinois. That's two Chicago, Illinois breweries that won uh, medals here. The Foykin Haze. That Foykin Haze. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. All right. So in Category 62, the American-style IPA or <clears throat> had uh, 311 entries. Uh, it looks like the gold went to Root Down Brewing Company out of Phoenixville, PA, with their beer called Bine. Mm. Um, Phoenixville, PA. I don't even know where that is. Me neither. And I drove through Pennsylvania a couple times. <laughs> it's a big state. Yeah. Uh, silver medal went to Appalachian Mountain Brewing Company, Portsmouth, out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's called Not an IPA. P.S. <laughs> it's an IPA. <laughs> That's a good name. I like that name. <laughs> I do too. P.S. It's an IPA. Uh, and the bronze went to Green Cheek Beer Company out of Orange, California. The West Coast IPA is dead. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard I've heard Green Cheek just because of the four brewers. They've had the the, the brewers on their show a couple times, so uh, it's, it's nice that they actually won some awards. That's good. Yeah. All right. So we had Category Twenty Nine, which was the Wood and Barrel Aged Strong Stout, that had one hundred and seventy seven entries. So the gold medal went to Against the Grain Brewery oh, in nice. Louisville, Kentucky. Which against the grain, I know you and I have both had that. Yeah, at least beers from them. I know their big one that we that I always liked was their uh, their brown note. Brown note, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with their beer, the seventy k Amberana. Hmm. Kind of like maybe get a hold of that. Yeah. Uh, silver went to Cane Brewing in Ocean, New Jersey. Uh, a night to end all dawns. Ooh, wow! 
these names are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking these. Yeah. Um, the bronze medal went to 5050 Brewing Company in Truckee, California, for their Eclipse. Ah, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. some. Uh, I mean, things. That, these are one. I mean, the only get. I've heard of Against the Grain and 5050. Those are two that I've heard of. But the Cane Brewing, that one's new to me. So we'll have to keep our eye open for them in the future for sure. All right, now going into category 59, which is the American-style Pale Ale with 170 entries. We had Gold went to Ocean Beach Brewing out of San Diego, California, with their Be Right On Be Right On Pale Ale. Be Right On. All right. Be Right On. Okay. Uh, Silver went to Ventura Coast Brewing Company out of Ventura, California, called The Neighborhood. And the bronze went to Maplewood Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois, for the charlatan. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've heard of any of those breweries. Ocean, I mean, Ocean Beach might sound familiar, but, you know, there's so many beaches in California, it's hard to, hard to keep them straight. I mean, I've been to Ocean Beach, yeah. not the brewery, but I've been to Ocean Beach. Yeah, I've been there too, but not the, beach yeah, or... not the brewery. <laughs> well, we'll keep it, we'll keep it on our... On our uh, on our list of of, of uh, breweries. How about category 28? Wood and barrel aged strong beers. 162 entries. Gold went to Drake's Brewing out of San Leandro, California for Santa's Brass. And I've actually, I've heard of that beer actually. Uh, I didn't know it was from Drake's Brewing, but I've heard of Santa's Brass. So I think, again, I think that was mentioned on the four brewers at one time. Uh, Silver went to the Wrecking Ball Brew Club in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Willet Barreled Age Ye Old Sprinkler Head. All right. Uh, barley wine. It's a barley wine. Okay. I can dig that. I'll, I'll, I'll drink it. And the bronze went to Revolution Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois, for a straight jacket. And we're seeing that there's a lot of Chicago, Illinois breweries winning medals in the, in the top category. So that's pretty impressive. It looks like Chicago Chicago is cleaning up this year. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's take a look at the other juicier hazy categories uh, that did their first ever GABF. So, category sixty uh, was the juicy or ju- juicy juicy <laughs> the juicy juicy or hazy pale ale had one hundred and thirty two entries. Uh, the gold this year went to Tin Roof Brewing Company in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for their voodoo. Mm. Uh, silver went to King's Brewing Company in Rancho Cucamonga, California <laughs> for sipping on dank. Okay. And the company in Denver, Colorado for their Madame Psychosis. All right. I, I, I never heard of Psychosis. Fiction Beer Company. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm kind of seeing a... Uh, seeing a trend here in in these higher entry categories it's all about the hops yeah that's true juicy and hazy hops uh category 65 was the juicy or hazy imperial or double ipa had 150 entries the gold went to black market brewing company out of temecula california with their new england style double ipa (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, the silver went to Corridor Brewing, uh, Corridor Brewery and Provisions, and once again, Chicago, Illinois, their DDH double IPA, and the bronze went to Alvarado Street Brewery in Salinas, California, contains no juice. 
<laughs> hey, I like it that sure, name. Yeah, it sure tastes like it though. <laughs> yeah. I can I can appreciate that for sure. All right. Well now let's take a look at the breweries that had the most medals. And there was three breweries tied for the most medal winner winners. And uh, let's just go over those real quick. So the first one we're going to talk about is Tin Barrel Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon. Had three medals. They had a gold for their Bay Window, which is a Berliner Weiss. Uh, they had a gold for their Passionate Envy, which is a fruit wheat beer. And they had a silver for their P2P, Power to the People, American-style style, which they've won uh, a medal in that beer like every year for the last, you know, at least three three years. Uh, so that's not a surprise there. Uh, and I just want to make a comment that, you know, Tin Barrel Brewing, uh, you know, is one of those breweries that, you know, got bought out by Anheuser-Busch. Uh, they're still making some great beer, even though they're, you know, being funded by a big beer company. They're still producing some really good beer, obviously winning three medals in, uh, you know, in styles that aren't, uh, you know, American lager, so that's good. Uh, Ale Song Brewing and Blending out of Eugene, Oregon. Now, I've been to Eugene, Oregon a number of times and visited a number of breweries there, but I never heard of Ale Song, and now I think I need to go visit this brewery. They won three medals, uh, a silver with their Terrier Pin Pin Pinot Noir Experimental Beer, their Terrier Pinot Gris Brett Beer, Another silver, and then a bronze with their touch of Brett Mandarina, uh, Brett beer. Uh, so they, they, I guess they do sours, sours and Brett, which I'm okay. I can go sample some sours and Brett, but they, uh, they're pretty good in those categories. And the last one is a, a brewery that I've just heard their name locally because they started shipping their beer here in the Boise area. I have not had any of their beer yet, but I have seen my friends posting on Untapped that they're drinking their beer here in the area. This is Lewis and Clark Brewing out of Helena, Montana, also won three medals. A gold for Miner's Gold, which is an American-style wheat beer with yeast. A silver for Pompey's Pilsner, which is a bohemian-style Pilsner. And a bronze for their Prickly Pear Classic English-style Pale Ale. So I need to go out and find where this uh, Lewis and Clark is being sold at so I can go buy some of their medal winning beers for sure. Definitely. <clears throat> All right. So brewery and brewer of the year awards. Let's see what those brought out. Um, so packaging breweries, very small brewing company of the year. So it's less than a thousand barrels produced in 2017 that went to Brink Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, should have went to Trek Brewing. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, small brewing company of the year, which was 1,000 to 14,999 barrels, so just under 15,000 barrels produced in 2017. Denny's Lewis and Clark Brewing Company. Yeah, man. I mean, these guys are these guys are new, and, and now I need to go drink some beer for sure. Yep. Uh, you're going to send me some because you're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then mid-sized brewing company of the year, which was 15,000 to 6 million. Six million. Yeah. That is such a wild. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe 60,000. No, 15,000 to 6 million barrels yeah. produced in 2017 goes to Freem Family Brewers in Hood River, Oregon. Yeah. 
I I yeah, love them. I love their beer. I love their beer. I'm so happy for them. They won a couple uh, medals uh, this year, and I'm glad they won the uh, Mid-Sized Brewing Company of the Year. They they make fantastic beers, and anyone that is uh, you know driving down the the Columbia River highway there uh you need to stop in at hood river and and enjoy their beer and their great food and their good service at their brew pub really really nice that's good good news there all right so now we got done with all the basic stuff but let's dig into some notable winners to tap the craft and this typically we just go ahead and cover the states that we live in and some states that some friends live in and maybe some states that have good beer uh, that might be notable to us. So I went ahead and, and started off here, and I want to start off with Idaho because that's where I'm at. Uh, we had one medal. Wow, only one medal this year. We had, I think, two medals, two or two or three last year, maybe something like that. But we got one medal this year. It's the fourth year in a row that bronze, the bronze, well, it's been different medals, but this year it was a bronze to Boise Brewing's Black Cliffs American Style Stout. Man, four years in a row they have medaled at this competition. From the very first time they entered until now, they've medaled every single year that they've entered the competition. So, is it with the same beer? Same beer. Wow. The Black Cliffs uh, uh, American Style Stout. So, um, I, you know what? It's a good beer, but to me, it's not. I mean, it, obviously, to judges that judge per style. I guess it hits everything that you know that they like, but for me, yeah, I'll say it's a bronze uh, medal winner. I mean, to me, it's like a three and a half cap rating because I like stouts a little bit more hearty. You know, I like those those stouts that give me a little bit of that you know bitterness in there and, and a good body. But uh, but no, Black Cliffs is still a good beer. It's a good beer for sure. So here, Chris, in your neck of the woods in Florida. You guys yeah. won seven medals. You had three golds, three silvers, and a bronze. Now, of those medals, I, I picked out one uh, notable one that to, to me and you that I thought was notable, and that was a bronze went to Big Top Brewing for their Hawaiian Lion Toasted Coconut Coffee Porter. Was there yeah. any other in that list that, 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 uh, that sang? I know Cigar City actually medaled this year as well. Yeah, yeah, they had one, but, you uh, know. They that's Cigar which, City. It's nothing special, right? Yeah, but they're they're Maduro. The the Maduro is the one that medaled, and that's that's actually a a really good beer. It's a nice solid. I do believe it's a brown ale, um, but it's just it's just really good. They they got that one down to a T, and I like that one a lot. Okay, you like that one better than Hawaiian Lion? Uh, I mean, it's two different beers. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I, I just thought that that one stuck out to me because uh, we both enjoyed that one, and you shared that with me in Vegas, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. All right, now moving on. And wait, wait, is there anything else that 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 stood out to you from your? In, in the... uh, that was that was the only ones that I remembered off the top of my head was the Hawaiian Lion and the Maduro. Okay, okay. So now Ohio, fourteen medals. That's where John's at. Uh, five gold, four silver, and five bronze. And honestly, looking through the list, nothing really stood out like notable to me uh, in a list. I mean, Fatheads had one. Now, I, I did notice the Fatheads only had one win versus like five. So that kind of stood out that they didn't like, you know, clobber 
the uh, the awards this year, but nothing really, you know, jumped out. I think Madtree had a a medal, and I think uh, you know a couple of the one breweries that that you know I'm familiar with, but none of the beers like you know that I had that that I that I thought were were worthy. I don't know if you saw, little, saw anything. I was gonna say it's a little different on 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 our end. So they had Mad Tree and Fathead, which you already brought up, uh, but they had uh, Royal Docks Brewhouse and Cannery, uh, which uh, was about twenty minutes south of us. Uh, they had just opened right before we moved, and everything that I ever tried from them was really good. So I'm glad to see that they're they're meddling at GABF. Um, <clears throat> they had an urban spice beer called their their Pendragon uh, that. I believe that is a gold medal uh, mm. for them. And then uh, Market Garden Brewery in Cleveland, uh, the Brew Kettle in Strongsville, and then Columbus Brewing in Columbus, Ohio. Um, looks like the uh, the big things on the on the list for us, at least for Megan and I, are just uh, different breweries that we we got to see and try out and stuff while we lived in Ohio. Mm. All right. And I'm double checking the Florida list too while we're still on it. Okay, yeah, you go look at that. I'll go on to the Washington beers. Uh, Washington is, which is uh, again a big giant craft beer state. That's where John was at in Seattle uh, when we first met. So we got to cover Washington. They had 17 medals: five gold, five silver, and seven bronze. And uh, guess what? No Rubens, no Georgetown, no Fremont. Uh, wow. There was a lot of, uh, I mean, Chuck and Nut was still there. They had two medal winners on for Chuck and Nut, I believe. Uh, I mean, they're always going to win in the lager realm because they make great loggers, but there was nothing else that kind of, oh, I think Cloudburst won a medal too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cloudburst is good. They make some great IPAs, but, yes, uh, but, uh, but, but I was just surprised that we've seen Rubens brews on, the list every year for the last few years and no, no beers won a medal this year. So that surprised me. Yeah. So we had another one here in Tampa from escape brewing company, which um, is in the Tampa area. It's in a town called Trinity. Um, and then cigar city actually medaled a second time for their Guayabera, which is a, a which is an IPA. So oh, they're, okay. uh, <clears throat> or they're what they call the category was for the international style pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yeah. That's still kind of an IPA for international pale ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then in Oregon, which again I think Oregon is like uh, you know like like the home of craft beer. Uh, you know when it started out in the early seventies, a lot of people and a lot of hippies in Oregon like craft <laughs> beer, uh, and that's where I'm spent most of my life growing up. So I kind of claim it partially as, as home at uh, 22 medals, six gold, 10 silver and six bronze. Uh, and again, uh, nothing notable that I haven't already talked about. I did notice that uh, sun river was on there again. I, I, I enjoy their beer. Uh, I think they had two, two different uh, medals. They won um, also worthy brewing uh, was on there for a pale ale that is a good, um, I forget the name of it. Something as Pacific. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but that pale ale is, is decent. Who was it again? Sweet, uh, Worthy Brewing. Is it Sweet as Pacific? Sweet as uh, Pacific Pale or Sweet as Pale Ale? Something like that. I can't remember. But uh, it's a good. It's a good pale. It's a. It's a 
it's a drinkable pail that is nice when you want to drink a six pack. Um, it was interesting to see that they won, I think, a gold medal for that one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but honestly, nothing nothing really stood out that was like wowed me, right? With with that list of 22 breweries. Yeah, there's a lot of 10 barrel on here. Yeah, 10 barrel had three. We already talked about those. So I talked about 10 barrel. I talked about all song. So those are part of that group. Um, and then Worthy, Worthy had one for their Strata IPA. Oh, Worthy has Strata. Oh, it's Good Life then. Sorry, Good Life. Sweet as. Sweet as something, right? Sweet as from... Uh, we are, talking about or- are we talking about Oregon? Oregon, Good Life, yeah. Should I just yeah, bring the list up? That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, Good Life. It's a very... F- Hold on. I mean- oh, I'm sorry. Sweet as Pacific Ale. Okay, Sweet as Pacific. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't think I was crazy. Really, I can't read either. Okay, yeah, Sweet as Pacific. It's a... Uh, oh, no, it's... Oh, that's a wheat ale. That's American wheat beer. Okay, that's what I was... And it's a good, it's a good beer, but uh, yeah, Strata IPA, which is an Australian style pale. They just entered in, so Worthy just entered into a, to a style that like has nobody entering into. If I were it's to almost pull, a guaranteed win, yeah. So I mean, that's the smart <laughs> thing, right? If you're going to go ahead and and enter a beer in, are you going to enter it into the style that has nearly 400 styles, or are you going to enter it into a style that, you know? Might be able to, uh, yeah. There was, oh wait, didn't say how many. Never mind. I wish it told us how many beers were entered in that category when I searched for the category, but it doesn't. All right, let's move on into the last, the last state that uh, is notable is California because they had the most medals at seventy-two. But when you have seventy-two medals, how do you know which is important and which is not? So I don't have anything to talk about California. No, I mean they they seem to always do so well, but I I feel like it's just because they're such a huge. I mean they're they're big for beer. Yeah, yeah, they've got they've got like just in I think they have like four hundred and fifty breweries just in like the Southern California part. I mean they have like too many. They have a ton of breweries in that state, so I mean you got a lot of beer so like you know selections and choices. So of course, when you have that many breweries, you're gonna you know have a lot of wins. Just by the pure amount of entries. Okay. That pretty much uh, sums up our Great American Beer Festival discussion. Anything else you want to add, Chris? Mm, no, not really. Other than the fact that, you know, maybe in the next year or two, we, we get to record from GABF. Yeah. Yeah. At, at Trek Brewing's uh, table. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. All right, then. Well, let's go ahead and, and close the show. But before we do that, let's go ahead and just, uh, you know, let's raise a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to. So I'm going to raise a glass to John. Uh, I know he's been working his butt off in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I've been fortunate enough that we that I can help fill in for you guys. And, uh, buddy, I hope you're taking the time to sit down and drink a beer. We've been following you guys on social media and stuff. And I'm excited to see how big your brewery is going to grow. Because it's uh, you guys have been putting your heart and soul into it. We're excited to see that. Excellent, excellent. Well, I need to raise my glass to I. I'm I'm hoping she's a listener. Uh, I'm assuming she's a listener because uh, she followed our Facebook page, um, and she followed me. She actually opened 
an untapped account and I am her only friend on untapped. So I'm assuming that she is listening to the show. So I want to give a big toast to Tara or Tara Carlson. I don't know. Sometimes they say Tara, Tara. I'll say both Tara or Tara Carlson. Cheers to you for getting on untapped and logging some great beers that have really intrigued me to come to the or to the uh, East Coast, uh, to New York and Pennsylvania. She's been posting most of her uh, beers from and, and some very interesting ones, like a Frosted Flake Cream Ale. Uh, that sounds fantastic. It, I, I forget I the details. That life. What's that? I said I want that in my life. I know. I know. I said it's, uh, to me it sounds perfect. Right? There was like, I don't know how many pounds of Frosted Flakes were put in this beer, uh, I forget the, the the comments, but it's a cream ale with a ton of frosted flakes put in there, and it just sounds delicious to me. It doesn't matter; just give me that beer, <laughs> John. We're gonna we're gonna need some frosted flake cream ale. Yeah, yeah, some frosted flakes. So that's who I wanted to to raise my glass to because, uh, hey, Tara, there's uh, there's plenty of people out there that uh, that are are friendly on Untapped. So go ahead and uh, uh, you know like some of the friends that uh, that we follow. You know, we got Chris McKenzie, which we'll find his uh, untapped username here in a few minutes. We'll, we'll list that. And we have John, of course, John from the brewery. And we have our buddy Tom Joseph and uh, uh, Tom Byrne and Mike Allen and Chad LaMassa and Chew Your Beer. And I'm going to forget someone, so I'm afraid to keep going. Oh, Devious Mr. Matt and Mike Mahoney. Kevin and Amanda. Uh, Kevin and Amanda. Uh, I mean, Skinny Matt K. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people out there that love to listen to the show and interact on Untapped. So don't don't forget to add more people because, um, you know, you might get bored just having me as your only friend. So, but but hey, cheers to you. Actually, what I'm about to do right now is I'm going to go under our Facebook page, and I'm going to put a post on there that says, "Hey, what's your Untapped username?" Hmm. So that way, if anybody wants to follow each other, that way we know what we're all drinking. All right. All right. Good idea. Good idea. Well, you know what? I also need to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there serving to protect our feedings because I know what you guys are going through. I've been there before. I just want to raise my glass to all the hard work you guys are putting out there. Cheers to you. Thank you for your service. And please come home safely to your families soon. And Chris, do you want to go ahead and raise a glass to our new sponsor? I would absolutely love to. Our new sponsor, guys, is going to be B Cups. So I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. So that's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can go check out uh, a lot more what's going on with them at fermentedreality.com. Check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out by the beach, at the pool, or hiking in the wilderness, or just even enjoying some boating, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. All right. Well done, Chris. Well done. And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes posted on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? 
So you can find me at on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. Or of course you can always find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It is last call. It is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We also would ask you to please tell a friend about our show. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new episode every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Very nice. All right, I'm all ready to go for another. Sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's an appropriate uh, start to this beer. Yeah. Belching, Belching Beaver's Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. This is what uh, is interesting in its uh, in its. <laughs> I'm having trouble talking. I might <laughs> I might drink. Uh, I'm on my fifth beer tonight, so maybe I shouldn't overdo it so so much on a Monday night. Drink more. You got it. Yeah. You got it. All right. <laughs>